Blog Talk Radio. WIJSF.com Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recordings, and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC.
I love you, yeah. Trust you, you know I'll never break your heart. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Diva JC here in humid South Florida. We are in December sweating. Yes, sweating. But we got a hot one for you tonight on Music Woman Radio. So let's get to it. Hello, Bianca Jones. Hi, Dr. Joan. How you doing? I'm terrific. I'm so good. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your radio show. I'm so honored. Well, I'm just so curious. I want to know the whole story. But (laughs) I want to start with your daddy. Okay. Because you are a chip off the old block. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So start from the beginning. I want to know, how did you come to theater and acting as a child? Okay, wonderful. So um, that is the question on every grant to know me as a director. So I think I got this one down, Pat. Who has influenced me? And that person would be my father, Herman Laverne Jones. Uh, Herman Laverne Jones is a prolific artist, director, writer, producer, uh, and actor himself. And I have been working with my dad. um, Well, I've been in rehearsal rooms since I was born. And it was his turn to take care of his first baby girl, his firstborn. And so I have sat in um, countless rooms in rehearsal for whatever play, be it Shakespeare, Moliere, to more contemporary works of August Wilson, Ed Bullens, et cetera, um, P.J. Gibson, um, my entire life. And until I began working with him as an actress, when he cast me in my first play in P.J. Gibson's Long Time Since Yesterday, when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I think I may have turned 11 during that production uh, that summer, and then um I began working as an actor under him and kind of learning and learning about directing for, gosh, years and years until I was about 15 or 16. And I started really getting curious about what I wanted to be for the rest of my life because it seemed important to try to figure figure out how to maintain all the the beauty and the um, strength and the – really lovely life that my parents had provided for me. I was like, how am I going to keep this up? So (laughs) I started uh, asking my parents questions, and it looked like as a teenager I was going to go into the medical program. I was in the medical program at my high school, but it looked like I was going to go to some sort of medical program at Winston-Salem State University, which is my mother's alma mater in North Carolina, which is where we're from. We're from uh, well, I was born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, really raised in Cary, born in Raleigh. And it turned into my father and mother kind of saying, well, you know, you've been acting. Maybe you want to go to the North Carolina School of the Arts, question mark. And we looked into it as a family, and it came down to 
uh, Bianca, if you get into, and these are my father's words, Bianca, if you get into the North Carolina School of the Arts, you will then go and be an actor. If you do not get into the North Carolina School of the Arts, you will go to Winston-Salem State University and you will become a physical therapist. And that'll be your, that that's the, that's the path you'll go on. And I love my mom and dad for having that sort of clarity with me and helping guide me in that way. Um, because sure enough, I got into North Carolina School of the Arts and they have supported my journey as an actress all the way through college uh, and into graduate school. I went to SUNY Purchase Acting Conservatory and moved, um, and my father came to uh, ride up, you know, drove me to uh, New York for us to meet with the late Israel Hicks and um, the ever popular, always working assistant dean at SUNY Purchase, which was Dean Irby. And we met with them, and they were a part of the black arts movement with my father uh, in the 80s, you know, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and it felt like a good place for me to go and have tutelage, and next thing you know, um, I graduate from there and end up at Yale School of Drama, and uh, of course, my parents, wow. yes, my parents drive me, you know, back up to uh, Yale, uh, we made a stop in Bridgeport and taught some classes and did all that. And we were done with that for the summer before I got into Yale. Um, we, uh, worked with my father. Matter of fact, that audition was really kind of crazy, but my father drove me, uh, you know, he's always been my backbone and supporter. If ain't nobody got my back, Herman Laverne Jones, my daddy has my back. And we went, <laughs> I remember us getting a tuna sandwich at one of the little corner stores across the street from the school while we were waiting for me to audition. And I didn't want to eat too much because I was so nervous. And I went in there and boom, I killed it. And when I came out of there, um, you know, you got to wait for you to see if your name goes up on a list for a callback. And I think they only called back about seven people or something crazy like that. And my name was on the list. And me and my daddy, we jumped up and down and jumped up and down. I was like, okay, now finish your tuna sandwich and um, get yourself together, drink some water, stretch, and you're going to go in there and you're going to do whatever they ask you to do, you know, and kill it and, you know, attend Yale. So I attended Yale School of Drama. um, And uh, shortly after attending, I left that school and began working as an actor for about 15 years. And uh, moved to Los Angeles, lived in uh, uh, all over, really. Lived in Los Angeles, uh, worked a lot in St. Louis and all across the country at St. Louis Black Repertory Theater. And then uh, ended up back in New York and um, working, working, working as an actress. And then around 2013, a friend of mine asked me to direct two plays that his father had written that were going to the D.C. Black Theater Festival. And I directed those plays, and we swept the D.C. Black Theater Festival and won that year for Best One Act. And after that, I said, you know, there's something else burning in my soul. I just don't know what it is, but it's something else I'm supposed to be doing. And I was doing it but didn't know what it was. And I, and I, I, I know today that it's directing and so after um, after I was able to 
kind of sweep the D.C. festival and started just directing smaller projects around the city and then was going in and out of town to do acting gigs, I ended up flying to London once I got a call back from the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts, which is also called LAMDA. The acronym is LAMDA, L-A-M-D-A. And uh, got into Lambda, graduated in 2017, and started working at the Billy Holiday Theater. And just recently, um, <laughs> just recently, it was just kind of a godsend to kind of know that I'm doing the right thing and in the right place. I received a call on my birthday on June 29th of this year, 2021, and it was. Um, an acquaintance of mine, a, a gentleman named, a young man named Jalen Levingston, who is about to be the, who is now, but at time, but at that time on my birthday, was about to be the youngest black male director on Broadway in the history, Ooh. in Broadway's history. Uh-huh. He called me from Korea because he is he's the associate director at that time. He was associate director for Hades Town, and they were doing the Korean version of it. And um, he called me from Korea on WhatsApp and said, hey, Bianca, uh, what are you doing fall, winter of 2021? I know you're so fabulous, but I wonder if you would come and join me uh, to be my associate director for Chicken and Biscuits on Broadway? Question mark. And I was like, are you nuts? Yes. (laughs) Of course. Of course. I will be your associate director and make my Broadway debut as a director uh, for an all-black play, a, com- a family comedy on Broadway. I would, I'm thrilled. I would love to. And so, um, Chicken and Biscuits has just closed. We had a COVID. We had a COVID scare that we couldn't, uh, we could not surpass, but. Man, oh, man, has that been the time of my life. So we started in August, and uh, we just closed about a week ago, and uh, it has been fantastic. fantastic. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. It was fantastic. I want to know everything. I want to know about rehearsals. I want to know about costumes. I want to know about... Set. I want to know everything. Okay, Go. wonderful. So, um, as it pertains to working on chicken and biscuits, I earlier this year in the spring, uh, a woman, uh, a Mexican American artist who is the uh, uh, artistic director at Baltimore Center Stage, her name is Stephanie Yabara. She gave me a call, like shot me a text and gave me a phone call and said, "Hey, Bianca, you know." Would you like to come and join me and be like one of the first kind of pioneers of how to get back to work during the pandemic uh, and put up this play called The Glorious World of Crown Kinks and Curls uh, by Kelly Goff. Uh, Kelly's actually one of the writers, uh, one of the two black writers in the writer's room for the Sex and the City reboot that's just come back. Um, And... I said absolutely. I would love to come. Are you? Or I'd be. I'd be more than happy to come and and do this play with you. So um, we went. We were under strict guidelines, but we used all black women. 
so my entire creative team was uh, uh, all black women. My stage manager was a black woman named uh, Danielle. There was uh, the Tony-nominated Didi Ayati, uh, who's a black woman, uh, Nakia Mathis, who did hair wig, hair and wigs. Uh, Didi actually did my set and costumes because um, she's actually versed in both. There was a woman named Stacy DeRosier who did my my lights. There were three black actresses, and um, we had a ball. Um, my sound designer was actually a woman named Twee McCallum. And so between uh, moving from that production to Chicken and Biscuits, literally Jalen had my entire crew put on Chicken and Biscuits. So Dee Dee, Nakia, Twee, and myself, uh, all went to Broadway with uh, all went to Broadway with um, Jalen and Nikki and I made our Broadway debut um, and she and I both kind of made a pivot from acting to expanding ourselves as hair as uh, her as hair and wig design and myself as a director and kind of stepped up in that right and it has been absolutely thrilling it was thrilling to work with them again so it was an easy it was an easy dynamic and relationship to go with the women I had already been creating with, right? So uh, when there, when Jalen was making decisions about the costume, of course he led the conversation because it's his show about what he thought about the costume. But the way it kind of worked with the associate director role is he would turn to me and say, you know, I'm thinking about the, um, you know, uh, Didi had put on the wall all of the costumes. And he would say, you know, I'm thinking about this for our costumes. What do you think? And I said, yeah, yeah, I think that's a great silhouette for this person and that person. And you should go with this color and that color and uh, look at look at this shape. And so he was very, it was very um, inclusive where he asked my opinion about the women's costumes and my opinion about um, and allowed me to help shape if anyone was able to see the show who hears this um Norm Lewis does a sermon, and so you know the the famous the famous Norm Lewis uh, who played Porgy and Porgy and Beth, and was the first black mm. Phantom of the Opera, was also in this show, and it was his first dramatic role. And uh, Jalen allowed me to take him into another room, him and his understudy Michael Janay, a, a brilliant actor as well, uh, and we created the sermon. Right, so when he comes down um, and is you know singing with the audience and doing all of that, uh, we were able to create that, and it just it felt so good to be uh, inclusive again in that way. You know, he really made me um, a part of the family of putting my uh, putting my artistic hand in it as well in the creation of the play. Um, I also, you know, looked out for details. So with the with the wigs and the hair, you know, it's wigs, you know, black women with their hair. You know, that's, we get all personal and I, I want my hair to look like this. I think it looks better like that, this, that. So, you know, we really had to figure out what that balance was, right? So the youngest actress, she got braids the first time. The braids were a little too short for her look and then, you know, for her to have braids and she still has to go out and live her own life and, Audition, we made adjustments, and the kid was really, you know, um, helpful and artistic in 
really saying, oh, yeah, I think that works, but I agree with you. Yeah, let's look at this and that. Well, Bianca, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And so we just had a great time, you know, collaborating. It was a real collaborative process with an all-black team. We actually were written up in the Hollywood Reporter and Variety because we were a uh, a unit of people of color coming together on Broadway, I think, in every facet that way. So the light, set, sound, hair, wig, makeup, costume designer, associates, the playwright, the writers, and uh, everyone on stage, minus one of the actors, which the brilliant Michael Yuri, everybody was black. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that had been done like that before on Broadway, and I don't think so. I think that's the reason they wrote us up, but like all of the associates were black, and the leads um director costume wigs every everybody was black and um it was a really phenomenal experience it was a really phenomenal okay experience. now what all of that mm-hmm. what is the most important lesson that you took away from this experience what is the most important lesson that I've taken away from this experience? Um, I think it is very important for us to be in front of the camera, quote unquote, and on the stages of in front of people of color. Um, I think it is also important for based on the, post-George Floyd era that we're living in for us to experience joy because I think that people were ever changed by watching this play because Douglas Lyons, our fearless playwright, wrote a black comedy that featured redemption and joy. And um, one of the things I would always like to add into my work, if possible, is some some element of delight, joy, uh, redemption. Um, Also, something that is even more important than that is from working behind the scenes, I think we need to have more black producers. So we did have a, a first black producing team on this show, um, uh, I think it's Clay uh, E. Clay Rossi, uh, but it's two two people, a black gentleman named uh, Elliot Clayton and a black woman named Pamela Ross. And I love them to pieces, and I think they are fantastic. And I think we need more producers of color. So if someone is listening to this and being inspired by my story, um, if you want to direct or if you want to act, Please do, but if you have vision and you can listen and you want to help lift up stories of color, please, please, please put your monies together to produce. I think that it is vitally important for us to be in that space as producers of the theater that um, we're seeing so we can um, uh, see more of us and stay open longer if we possibly can, you know? Okay. So now mm-hmm. what is your next, what's next on your agenda? 
Oh, goodness. I was working all the way up to the moment that I <laughs> took this call. So uh, I'm I'm currently working on a piece about Esther Roll that will be at the African-American Research uh, Library. It's being produced by them up at Broward County. So um, that will be that will be the that's what I'm working on as far as writing right now. The next thing that is happening most immediately in the next week is Nambi E. Kelly. Uh, she wrote the play about Ma Angelou that was featured at the National Black Theater Festival 2019. And she also wrote Native Son, uh, did the adaptation of Native Son that was on 42nd Street uh, a, a couple years ago uh, in Manhattan. And I, she and I are working on a children's play I don't know whether she considers it a children's play but it's called Ain't No Black in My Rainbow and of course I call it you know for short it's like oh I'm working on Ain't No Black but it's called Ain't No Black in My Rainbow and it's about a young girl trying to figure out who she is amongst the chaos that is happening around her Uh, think current events you know all of the killings and all of this and she's like and her it's it's a two-hander so it's her and her father and he's trying he gets sucked into the mayhem and into the current events of um of what's going on in the world and she's left alone and she's trying to figure out oh what did daddy tell me what did he what did he want to remind me of so for red red reminds me of this and she gets to black you know so um it's called Ain't No Black in My Rainbow, and I'm doing that with Theater Works, and we're uh, looking to we're workshopping it for a tour for 2022, I do believe. And um, I am also directing the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill grad grad students film that they're going to put out to agents and casting directors in New York City. Mm. I am um, also uh, working on in the spring, uh, in the late spring, I will be directing a play called Eureka Day at Oslo Repertory Theater at um, in Sarasota, Florida. Mm-hmm. So at the mo- so that that's my schedule up to May <laughs> at the moment. And tell me again, when will you be at Arlington? Oh, I'll, I'll be there. there. That's going to be, thank you for uh, that clarification. So that goes up in March. March. What? March mm-hmm. what? March 24th, I believe, uh, that weekend of March 24th are the performance dates, and um, it'll happen in their mobile unit. So we'll be rehearsing all of February and March, and it'll go up the third week in March. If you look at their calendar, you'll see there's a story uh any let the good it's called let the good times roll it's going to be written by Darius Daughtry and directed by me Bianca Laverne Jones okay well i'm supposed to be moving on the 15th so i don't know if i'm going to you know get to see it, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Well, we have three we'll or four see. performances, so maybe you could, maybe you could make it out, and then uh, if not, maybe they'll be able to stream it as well, 
because it's going to be full light sound production around this thing, so it should be fantastic. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I want to catch something that you do. You know, I met your parents in North Carolina, Winston-Salem. Oh, at the National Black Theater Festival? I did. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh Uh-huh, and I met them because of Akua. Akua? Um, Aduke? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Aduke and, Arimawa. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Aduke. Mm-hmm. So she was the one that literally sent me there, you know, and uh, I brought magazines, and mm-hmm. we just became quick friends, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Quick friends. So, yeah. As did your daughter and myself out in London. You know, I met up with your daughter, so we made a connection. I met up with your daughter and cast her in a play at the Cats Center down uh, by the London Bridge. We worked in Cat Space. I'm calling the Cat Center. Cat Space, right under the London Bridge, um, in a play called... Class Act. I believe that was the name of the play. Class Class Act. Hmm. Okay. I you know, I remember her telling me about that. But oh, I don't yeah. remember that I didn't get anything on it, you know. Oh so, goodness. It was I a don't... it was a stage reading that we did to promote this play. Um, class act, but she and I definitely did it. We spent um, several, several, several hours together working on that play, and we had a wonderful time. And we met up for dinner, we met up for lunch, we met up for dinner, and then I asked her to join me to be a part of it, and it was fantastic. That is so sweet. I remember. But see, I Mm -hmm. was in the process of moving then, too. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, you said that you were at University of North Carolina, where? Chapel so Hill. I'm at Chapel Hill, UNC, uh-huh, Chapel Hill. I'm directing their graduate films at the moment. I'll be there oh. at the end of January. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to talk to you about that because I'm moving to North Carolina. Oh. And so I teach at you know, one of the campuses, but I really want to just teach online, but we'll talk about that, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so listen, I'm going to play a piece of music from our HCD, and what mm-hmm. you, we opened with Mimi Johnson's Hood Love, and mm-hmm. now we're going to play Joan Cartwright's Bye Bye to the Blues. Be right back with the Thank you. Joan. Say you're down, you won't cry Let me give you good advice Hold your head up And just tell the blues bye-bye Hold your head up And say bye-bye to the blues Say you lost your job 
that's one of the songs from my songbook. And March 5th, 2022, two wonderful singers, Edlene Hart and T.C. Carney III, will be performing songs from my songbook at the Arts Garage in Delray Beach. So get tickets early. Meanwhile, that could be Uncle Jones. So, Bianca, <laughs> yes, what, I am. what advice would you give a young woman coming into the theater business? Um, what advice would I give a young woman coming into the theater business? Um, stay professional. Continue to listen, you know, on a personal level, um, personal and professionally, keep listening on a personal level, um, um, keep your, keep, stay classy, you know, stay classy. It's a lot of beautiful people in our business. Just, you know, keep it classy. Don't, don't mix and mingle where you shall be working, um, and keep yourself professional, um, on a level of um, professionalism, I would say, continue to learn your craft. Sit under people and ask them questions. Even if somebody has not trained or studied, right, they might not be able to specifically tell you what it is that they are doing, but they may be able to articulate it in a, in a different sort of artistic way. Um, look for patterns in the way that people write. Look for patterns in the way that people direct. Um, if ever you think that you be very humble, whenever you think that you're better than someone, oh, I would have made a different choice. Um, recognize that you think that and write it down. What choice would you have made differently? You know, um, don't be so in awe of any stars that you may be around, you know, if you end up working with Felicia Rashad or Denzel Washington or someone like that, um, remove yourself from being in awe and look at that person as an artist so that you can learn, you know, continue to learn. Um, uh, if you think you're, you know, I, I don't know that I finished this thought, if you think that you're more brilliant than someone, really look at their brilliance and, and really be able to call where they are brilliant. Keep your energy high in the room and in the space. Do not participate in low vibrational energy at all. It does not serve you. Mm. That would be my yeah. advice. Yeah. That, that's some supreme advice. Supreme. That goes across the board for all young mm -hmm. people that want to be successful, you know. But, mm -hmm. you know, I have had so much admiration for your family. So just talk about talk about your mom a little bit cuz I love her. <laughs> talk about <laughs> Carolyn for me. Go ahead. Um I told my mom earlier this summer we we had a little incident I think she might have fallen and um and I, I I began to cry and weep and I just said, "Mama, you my person. You can't fall and hurt yourself. <laughs> you you my person, you know." So right. when I say she is my person, and I just told the world on your radio show about how much I love my father. My father is my greatest supporter, but my mama believes in me. She loves me. She think I'm the, 
the bee's knees. And I believe that I'm the bee's knees because my mama said so, you know. That's right. And, and she has been my girl, my best friend. She is the first person that was my best friend and taught me how to be a friend and was has been a girlfriend, a mother, a guide, um, and a critic, you know, in the best ways that all of our mothers can be critics. Like, mm, I don't like that, you know. And it's like, why, Mama, why, why, why you don't like it? Tell me why, you know. You know, whether I'm creating a piece of art or she and I are looking at something artistic together or whatever it is. And I always find even her North Carolina way of being like, I don't like that. You know, when I ask her to extrapolate her discontent or her dislike, it is always so enlightening and so illuminating what I learned from what she likes or what she dislikes. You know, um, my mother is the woman, whenever somebody thinks that I am, I carry myself with class or that I'm sexy or um, come with a big, strong energy, that I get that fire from my mother. So when I walk into a room, it's that Maya Angelou quote, which my mother is a huge Maya Angelou fan. If you ever come to our house, you see there's a big picture of Maya Angelou with a quote (laughs) right beside her face. But Another quote that I love for Dr. Maya Angelou is, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. And my mother is the first one behind me. And I would say my daddy is the second one behind me um, when it comes to I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. Carolyn is right is, is at my back, and Herman is behind her, and they are the wind beneath my wings, quite literally, you know. Um my mother is an educator. She is from Durham, North Carolina. Um, she is the oldest of all of her sisters. She's the matriarch, and she has one older brother older than her. And um, she comes from beautifully proud and educated people and um, who did not have much. But my mother used her education to open a daycare. She has her undergraduate degree from Winston State, graduate degree from Central University and went on to open up a 200-child daycare that she had for 13 or 14 years. And um, I grew up in that system, so did my brother. Uh, I grew into being a junior camp counselor (laughs) all the way Mm. out and teaching African dance classes and the whole nine yards. And my brother and I both, you know, my brother learned to play the drums. I learned how to play the piano. Not that I know any of it now, but anyway, you know, we we became very cultured underneath my mother's tutelage as a um as a teacher as an educator she is an educator to her very bones to the to the gristle to the bone marrow and i love her for that um i talk to my mama every day and she is a fight she's the wind and she is fire Absolutely. That's how I would describe my mom. She's the wind and fire. Earth, wind, mm-hmm. and fire. Okay. The earth, the wind, and the fire. Right? She sure is. <laughs> you and know, I, I mean, am I, am I saying, am I, have I described her wrong at all? Um, no. Oh, no. Dr. Joan, can you hear me? 
Yeah, no, yeah. Uh-uh. that's my mom. No. That's my mom. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I love Carolyn. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I love She's sweet both. and she fiery. She's real. She's real. Mm-hmm. 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 And someone described me as smart and real. And I think I get that from my mama. Smart and real, you know. Mm-hmm. And beautiful. Yeah. I think the older I get, the more I look like my mama, too. You're the spitting image of her. You know. Right. Now tell me about your brother because you got a talented brother too. Oh, I have a little genius brother. So Yannick mm-hmm. Laverne Jones. So my father named both myself and my brother after him. My mother said, you know, that's love right there. You know, that's crazy love when you name get let your children be named after your husband like that. So um, is Bianca Laverne Jones and Yannick Laverne Jones, one of the delights of my life. I think that he was born to make me laugh. He is one of my um, confidants and heroes, and my little brother is one of the most charismatic, brilliant, funny guys you will have ever met. He is um, a consultant. He Well, let me tell you where, where he's been in his education, what he's got going on. Um, he, you know, after being homecoming king and playing all the sports and everything like that as he was growing up, he ended up at Clark Atlanta University. And then before he graduated from Clark, went over to Paris to take uh, business courses there for a semester, but ended up on the basketball team there and stayed and uh, and, and worked his business degree and graduated um, I think he, he flew back to America for a week just to graduate, and then I believe flew back to Paris. I can't remember the timeline, but uh, then ended up getting his international MBA at, from the University of Bologna in Italy, and he graduated oh. with a degree in banking and retail finance with a minor in supply chain management, um, and so is a is a brilliant guy and somewhere in there uh in between Paris at the University of this I don't can't remember University of Paris I think um he would catch a bus he was living in Atlanta he would catch a bus from Atlanta Georgia to to Brooklyn to come and oh. stay at my house on my couch and he got his he got a master's certificate for a year, basically a, a pre-master's degree or a master's degree from Columbia before he went to go get his master's degree at the University of Bologna in Italy. And he would take a bus every other week. You know, it's like a 16-hour ride. And yeah. he would, yeah, listen to, he would do his homework on the bus or try to rest on a bus just because it was so expensive because he was going back and forth every other week. And um, so I think one semester was online, and then he had to be in New York to come to Columbia. And um, and it was way in Harlem, and I was living in Brooklyn at the time. And oh. so he stayed on my couch and made that journey every day, you know, every day from Brooklyn mm. to Harlem, which is no less than 45 minutes just to get into uh, Times Square. So, you know, 55 minutes to an hour going up to uh, Columbia to school and taking those classes 
and passing the flying colors and getting his masters and being accepted into Columbia University, but like his big sister, always kind of wanted to get out of the country and learn and study. And so uh, got his international MBA from Bologna. Um, And so now he lives in Miami and uh, around, you know, about 15 minutes from my parents and is, is working that degree to death as a consultant uh, for businesses in the Miami area, which is riddled with uh, tons of uh, minorities of uh, different from different countries, from South America, uh, Italy, Africa, Paris, and um, Mexico. And so, you know, he speaks Spanish and French and English. And I don't, I don't know how super proficient he is in all of those languages. But he does, uh, I remember hearing him switch the line once when I called him when he was living in Italy. And I think we were on Skype. So, you know, that's how far long ago that was. We were on Skype and he was like, hold on, B. And he answered the phone and he just started speaking Italian to whoever he was talking to because they were speaking to him in Italian. And I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, I'm going to tell mama you speaking Italian to the people. Oh, my God. <laughs> We we both bust out laughing, you know, when he hung up the phone with the. I said, "You speaking Italian fluently? Oh my, you know, we just, you know, we we still country folk who like barbecue and coleslaw, you know, and okay. hush puppies. So we just like, oh my lord, you speaking Italian <laughs> to the people? <laughs> so chicken and anyway, biscuits, chicken and biscuits, chicken and biscuits. Right, we still eating chicken and biscuits. So anyway, my brother is a extremely brilliant gentleman. He is opening a a bar in Denver. He has opened a daycare center. He just got his last uh, license for a daycare center in St. Louis, Missouri. And um, yes, he has a company called Yak Hospitality. And um, Yak Hospitality um, features a ton of different sorts of businesses but they he's in the business of serving the community and serving people so of 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 all ages and of any interest so um the daycare in St. Louis is going to be fantastic it's called Williams Academy Williams Academy in St. Louis Missouri Academy Mhm Williams That's Academy cool. It's a school. It's a math and technology school. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. They're going to be using top-of-the-line uh, technology to teach uh, underserved students math and other technologies. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to talk. Okay. Now, back <laughs> to you. Mm-hmm. Back to you. TV, film, um, Ocean's 8. Madam mm-hmm. Secretary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last OG. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So what roles did you play? So um, in all of those, I've had co-starring roles uh, where I had 10 lines or under in those uh, films and in those television shows. But I was a part of telling the story, you know, with Tiffany Haddish and, um, in the last OG and 
Ocean's Eight. I'm a detective, and and uh, what was I can't remember the other one. Madam Secretary. Oh gosh, I can't even remember who I was. A Madam Secretary. Um, I, I can't even remember. But um, yes, I I'm a, a television and film actress as well, as 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 well as a theater actress, and it's just all a part of my career. You know, like I but said, I was. That's who mm-hmm. you remind me of, Bernie Mac's wife. Everybody that's, says that. Yes, that's on the Bernie Mac show. You know, it's the weirdest thing, girl, because even the last couple of times I looked at it, I say, I know that girl. I know that girl, and it's mm-hmm. you. It's you. Yeah. It's you that is so. Oh, I no. I, so, well, I'm not the. I'm not the. No, I, I don't know. play the wife on the Bernie Mac show, but I everyone tells me she and I look very similar. You all are sisters, and you have that same edge. She's mm-hmm. this woman. This woman has an edge that is so ah uh, sophisticated. Mm, thank you. She's, she's a brilliant actress. She is. She is. And, and I think a, she's beautiful a, and she's brilliant and she's beautiful. soft. She does have like a soft, elegant edge to her. Yeah. Everything about her is on point. And so there, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not one to give a lot of compliments unless I really believe it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, the Jones family is honorable, talented, entrepreneurial, assertive, creative, fun. I had so much fun with your mother and father because, you know, both (laughs) of them are comedians. You know that. Oh, my God. They're so silly. Yes. 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 Everybody thinks it's my dad. But my mom, no. my mom has no. got the drop on you. Yeah, she's, she's a sneaky assailant, yeah. She's a straight one, straight leg. Yeah. yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's the goofy one. She yeah. she is, um, you know, you had Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. Uh-huh. So she's Dean Martin, and he's Jerry Lewis. Right. Right. Well, right. You got Martin and Will Smith. Okay? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. He's Martin and she's Will Smith. Mhm. Think mm-hmm. about that. Oh yeah, definitely. I would definitely describe my parents <laughs> in that light without question. Without question. <laughs> that funny. is my mom and dad. They're but hilarious. She, they produce two You see, I see you from the outside, okay? Mm -hmm. I have a totally different perspective of you and Yannick and Carolyn and Mm -hmm. your father, okay? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when I look at the four of you, I say, well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. And if you didn't need my approval, then I'll say it again. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank but I know you. you Thank you. <laughs> so I want to talk to you some more because mm-hmm. I want to feature you. Whether mm-hmm. it's music or not, you make music. Whatever you do, Bianca, you mm-hmm. are a beautiful uh, representation of your family, of Thank you. the group that you come from, of your country, of the art. And are you on IMDb? Yes, ma'am, I am. I'm going there right now. And mm-hmm. I want my listeners to go to Bianca Jones. And Bianca Laverne Jones with an E. Laverne. Bianca Laverne yes. Jones. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's named after her daddy. Okay. That's correct. She's named after daddy. And give daddy's name. Herman Laverne Jones. But his is spelled L-E-V-E-R-N. And mine is L-A capital V-E-R-N-E. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna watch whatever you in. <laughs> I'm Thank find you. you. You are so and you can on I'm I you can find me on yeah. Instagram and on Facebook. I've got some really beautiful things on. Um, I did an interview through uh, for Circle of Sisters that happens at the Jacob Javits Center here in New York through Rillaman Productions. Um, they had me host women and women on black women on Broadway. And uh, it was myself, a a woman named Martha Redbone, who is the composer for for colored girls that is going to be on Broadway. This coming to Broadway in the spring, Um, a young black woman named Morgan Dudley, who is the uh, one of the lead actors in Jagged Little Pill on Broadway at the moment. And then a woman named Beverly Jenkins, who is the stage manager for Hadestown and us, black women got together and had a little talk and it is really lovely and I would love if anybody's listening to go to it and watch it I think you're gonna love it and learn a little something you know my mama liked it so everybody (laughs) no it it really was it really if I do say so myself and listening to mama take it from my mother and from several other um, artistic souls have said to me they really enjoyed it and thought that it was well done, and I think that people would like it a lot. Also, um, if you have a child on my, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Where okay. exactly are we going to get this conversation? On my Facebook page. Oh, on Bianca Facebook. Laverne Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can look me up on Facebook, Bianca Laverne Jones. I've also put it on my Instagram. It's the light. It's the latest message on my Instagram. I have it on my Instagram TV page. But if you if you go to Bianca Laverne Jones on Instagram and my page is open and my page is also open on Facebook, you'll see a box with me and three other women on Zoom. And you'll be able to look at me and these women and hear us talk about our journeys on Broadway. Now I'm on the page. And mm-hmm. I follow you, but I okay, don't. Okay, is this on Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Okay. And I, I uh, see you, you uh-huh. two women, but not three or four, two or three. Open, open that that last that last um that last post. 
is the the that first post that you see up there is the is the one with the lady on the bottom. Yeah. No. That's about oh, it has 191 views. Yes. It's got more than that, but on Instagram. It has oh, yes, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to watch this. I'm okay. Watch this. So it's telling about all the new Broadway shows that are coming. It, it, the first intro is all the new Broadway shows that are coming. Like I just saw the new Michael Jackson um, Broadway show, and it is spectacular. Uh, okay. And then um, it goes into it goes into my talk with the ladies. Okay, I will be checking it out and sharing it. We're at the end Please. of the show, so I got to talk to you some more, young lady. Okay, when you get yeah. a moment, give me a call and we'll chat. Not tonight, but over the weekend, I'll be here. Okay, excellent. Thank you, you so much for having me. Article. Okay, thank you for what you do. Absolutely. All right. Love you. Okay, and let me know where where I'll be able to get this, and I'll be sure to share it. Oh, certainly. Just click the same link. It'll be there okay. in about 15 minutes. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Dr. Cartwright. All right, Bianca Jones. Keep going. I shall. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> W-I-J-S-F.com. Women in Jazz South Florida, Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recordings, and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC.